Football, by the hell. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Football, bloody hell. Yes, we're back. We're back for another midweek action here on Three Valleys Radio, right here on Football Bloody Hell. And my guests this evening are as follows. Mr. Tom Bailey joins us. How are you doing, Tom? Good evening. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Good to speak to you all, all including Mr. Rick Hyatt. How are you doing, Rick? I'm cold. I'm very cold. It's been cold outside today, and as a consequence, I'm cold. And could I just say, Thorpey's impression of Adrian gets more sinister every week. It's like he's <laughs> going to do you a serious mischief. He's going to cut you up. <laughs> You've heard him already. Completing this set tonight as former Yeovletown defender, Mr. Paul Thorpe is on the pod. How are you doing, Thorpey? Good evening. Uh, yes, I shall let my friends know about Ray Kyatt. <laughs> Send the boys in, yeah? Send, Send the, the boys, boys around to see him. I genuinely worry yes. now, Thorpey. Leave me alone. <laughs> Well, it's lovely to be here yet again, and um, I hope all the listeners are, are really well. Actually, Thorpe, 13 points well. 13 points well, absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, Thorpe, that, of course, I bumped into you yesterday, didn't I? Yeah, at the Jeff Stelling evening, which was extremely good. Interesting, there are a few lovely little football stories about his life as well and where he started off. So, yeah, I, re- I, I enjoyed it. Did he say much about Yeovil? I, I wasn't there. So how much did he mention about us? He mentioned about us being 13 points clear. And he also mentioned about there was a question that was put to him from the audience. Uh, what his thoughts are on whether Yeovil or Hartlepool will get to the Football League the quickest. And he conceded that it would probably be Yeovil Town because Hartlepool are in free fall. They are up at the creek at the moment. More Yeovil Town in the media stuff. Do any of you lot watch or listen to the Stick to Football podcast? Gary Neville and no. Roy Keane... Ian Wright. I saw this. Roy Keane rinsing Ian Wright about his hat-trick against Yeovil in the FA Cup. <laughs> Roy Keane has Yeovil in his back pocket, doesn't he, as the reference point to how, for the uh, weakest yeah. team. His, his go-to lower league team is Yeovil Town. Yeah. See, that game was a real a real shame for me. because like they played Andy Wallace because of his athleticism against Ian, uh, Ian Wright. And Ian Wright, uh, I'll probably be fair in saying, was extremely good at him and, and, and tore him a new one. But it was really unfair, I think. You know, and, and I, I, I say that lightheartedly because I think that he had a real opportunity to show his flair in midfield against some of the best players in Britain at the time, and in his natural position. And I thought he, the fact that putting him in a, in an unnatural position actually played into their hands a little bit, you know, because realistically, you're saying we don't trust our, our central defenders to mark Ian Wright because he's so sharp, but they know how to play at centre half, and and he didn't. So I thought it was a little bit unfair on Andy to put him in that situation. but uh, And, and Yeovil Town got caught out, which was a real shame. But it, again, right, he showed his class, didn't he? Like, so, I mean, it was absolutely outstanding finishing, you know, and uh, but unfortunate that um, Andy, I feel, was put in that situation. Uh, without wanting to come across or Joey Barton, Jill Scott's also on that podcast. We've got Samantha Thorpe. And, and, and Samantha Thorpe will be very happy that she's being, uh, you know... Uh, Represented. To this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> of course, we're an inclusive podcast. So that was Yeovil Town uh, from back in the early 90s. So now to the present day, we will start off with, unfortunately, was some sad news that Yeovil broke earlier today on their socials feed that um, it reads, everyone at Yeovil Town Football Club was saddened to hear the news of Will Blaygrove, who unexpectedly passed away recently. So really sad news 
uh, coming out um, of the football club. There is a GoFundMe page as well to help raise funds um, for the funeral as well. So uh, do get involved with that. And everyone at Three Valleys sends their love and support. As for the game on Saturday, Hemel Hempstead then is in the wings. Rick Hyatt, you're going to be there on Saturday afternoon. It's a repeat of the opening game of the season when Yeovil went down 1-0 uh, in the last 10 minutes, I think it was. A lot's happened since then. We've referenced it at the start of this podcast. 13 points clear at the top of the table. Is it going to be another tricky test at the weekend, Rick? How do you see it? Shouldn't be, should it, really? You'd, you'd certainly hope not. And that was... Uh, in fact, that wasn't the worst thing in the world that, that could have happened for the first game of the season. A bit of a reality check. And obviously, things have improved and progressed and gone through the sky ever since. But I'd be surprised if Hamill leave with anything on Saturday. In fact, if they do, I will use my surprised voice while sat next to you. <laughs> No previews. I'm not, you can wait. I say, I'm, not, I'm not used to hearing your surprise. No, that would be my surprise. Just... And hopefully you never will. As you see it, Thorpey, um, obviously Yeovil going really well at the moment, motoring on, 13 points clear, as we say, but they still have to keep on doing the business and just chip away for every game that comes along. And um, this is just another one in the journey to success. I think you've done now, chipping away, chipping away at those games and just whittling them down and, doing whatever it takes uh, to win the game. You know, they're at home. Their form at home has been decent. So I'm looking for another energetic performance. You know, we've got strikers that are, are scoring goals. Midfield players that, you know what I, I'm going to say about that, slightly deeper than I would like, but they're a great midfield. And defenders who are, 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 are on good form. And again, we, we've got a keeper that's on form as well. So, um, and, and, and long may that continue because like, that is a, is a good balance to get in get decent results to get you, get you a success at the end of the season. We're still not over the line, but we're in an extremely fantastic position and they've got to do their homework on, on Hemel Hempstead, learn from their mistakes at the start of the season, even though that's a long way away, uh, a long way past, and um, do whatever it takes to make sure that we get a valuable three points again. Tom, from another perspective, is there anything that you would be able to bring to the table which would say Yeovil need to be wary of this, this or this when it comes to um, Emil Hempstead at the weekend? Um, I think a couple of the important players they had from the opening day are missing. So on that basis, not really. The only concern I may have is that Hemel Hempstead have recorded four wins in their last five games, the only loss coming at home to St Albans on New Year's Day. But they've got big wins away at uh, Chippenham and, well, St Albans and two home wins as well. They beat Worthing 2-0, so that's certainly no mean feat. I think Yeovil are just looking so comfortable at the moment that it should still be a win. But I wouldn't say it's completely out of the blue for Hemel to maybe spring a surprise and, and give us a good game. They're a decent side. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't take them for granted. You can't Currently take the intake team for granted. You know what I say? Decent results against decent sides, so we have to be on our metal. But we're at home, and I think that is where we've got to really press really high, you know, and that's why our midfield got to be pushed on. This is where we can really grab this league by the gingangulis, if you know what I mean. And this is this is a really good test at this stage of the season. Yeah, what I was just going to say there, Thorpey, uh, was that 
maybe when you look at how good Yeovil's record is uh, at home across the whole football pyramid, I think it's the second best. I think I'm mm. right in saying, or it certainly was uh, at one point. Possibly, if Yeovil weren't to be successful with the three points, it'll be more about what they didn't do rather than what Hamill did do. Or would that be a little bit disrespectful to the opponent? No, it wouldn't be disrespectful. I think that Yeovil Town have got that success through through you know a solid home performance and and nicking points away from home. And I'm I'm in agreement with you. Really, it's it's, it's down. It's it's us for us now to lose this league. You know, but this is a this is a really really good test against a decent side that are in form. But we've got to do whatever it takes to win this game. If Mark's got his scouts out watching Hemel Hempstead, which he, he should be doing at this level of football. Then we should he should know his game plan, put his game plan forward. He should have worked on that. And this, year. but it's also about us. And I think that Rick and uh, and Tom will agree with us. It's about what we do now. So we shouldn't be worrying about other teams. We're in good form. We've got extremely fit lads. We've got a, a, a little bit of strength on the bench now. So it's about what we do. We're at home. Let's take the game to them and really show them that we're, we're, we're going to win this league. It's that thing, isn't it? Winning's become a habit for Yeovil now. Absolutely. But you can't be complacent and expect no. you've just got to turn up and the, you're automatically going to win. You've still got to put a shift in. But they've got confidence in themselves now. They've got that winning feeling. And just rinse and repeat. Do the same thing week yeah. after week after week. But nobody gives it to you. You've still got to go out and take it. But they know they've got the ability and the confidence now to go out and do that every week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And we've mentioned it a lot on this pod. And I think that's kind of a prerequisite of Yeovil doing so well. That sometimes I feel a bit guilty that we obviously say about the same thing over and over again on this podcast. But that's a good thing. Long still may that continue. in that very health con- healthy position. So yeah, of course. It makes a far far cry a change of what we've been talking about for the last two or three years. <laughs> yeah. That's certainly for sure. But Tom, I guess as well, when you look at the, the table overall, again, <laughs> to quote that what we tend to keep talking about from week to week the points still continue to get taken away from one another below Yeovil. And you actually take Yeovil out of the equation. It's quite a competitive league. So even if Yeovil were to get a couple of uh, setbacks along the way, I mean, I think at the moment with the 13 points there, that's a five-game swing, isn't it? So it's a very comfortable place to be. It's it's not only it's just 13 points, it's 13 points with a game in hand on second. What yeah. Worthing have played 27, we've played 26. Even looking at tomorrow... Um, it's not necessarily like previous weeks where one of the tops of eight, nine teams are playing each other. All of the playoff teams are playing teams outside of the playoffs. So it's a good chance for perhaps other teams to make some grounds. Because I mean, Worthing have got Tunbridge Angels, they're 11th. Um, Eastbourne, bottom four. Farnborough have been out of sorts. They're playing against Chelmsford. So there's there's not really any tough or like, high-level games for uh, there to be slip-ups. So there'll be a true shock if none of them won. I think the fact that we've got 13 points with a game in hand and the fact that we've now got that Evely game in the book means we know, we'll know where we stand probably by the end of, well, maybe even mid-February. That's probably where all the games start to level out a bit and um, things will become much clearer on if we've, well, I say flute to lead, but if other teams are better than we realise. Dorpy, I'll throw the next one to you as the next pro. I know there's a lot of talk still, not from everyone. There is still a small minority of people that say that we should be blames away and entertaining from what we're getting. But, I mean, if you actually look at the output 
and where we are, you can't argue with the just the sheer winning machine that's been created, even if it's not a case of winning by three or four every week. You've still got good flashes. We're still tight at the back. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that, really, can you? No, I'd, I'd ask all those fans, really, if they remember the last two seasons or the last three, three, four seasons. Do you know what I mean? What do you want? I agree. Sometimes it isn't flamboyant football. We all want exciting end-to-end four, three wins every single week. But it, let's get realistic. You know, Mark's had a job to do. He's had a budget given to him, which is the best in the league. But that adds its own pressures, doesn't it? So when you go out there and you get yourself in a situation that we're in, you've got to be highly delighted with that. With that. You know, and I, and I sense, yes, I do sense a little bit of frustration in the crowd because we hear it when we're commentating, don't we? But ultimately... Get it forward! When, yeah, get it forward, you know, all the time. We hear that all the time, don't we? Yeah, with a few other expletives thrown in for a good measure. Ultimately, when he's coming away with a 2-0 win, you know, you ask the fans before the game, would you want us to win 2-0 today? They go, yeah, you know, and they're going to snap your hand off. Well, that's what I was so, going to say. These these four three games are great if you're on the four side of it rather than the three. Yeah. Everybody loves a, a high-scoring game as long as you're the team that comes away with a win. If you lose a game... 4-3, you're going to say, well, we scored three goals. Why didn't we win? Fans, fans are like that. They'll moan. Exactly every... what happened earlier in the season against Haven. The 4-3. Yeah. yeah. And how did that feel? It's funny, though, isn't Rubbish. it? Just like, <laughs> you know, Roma, Roma have just got rid of Jose Mourinho. And he's given them so much success in the last, you know, couple of seasons. And you think, hang on a minute. And he's just got the tin tack. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's like it's the way he's playing football. But, then, but all the fans are actually still cheering his name. So it's uncanny. Like he's given them the best success they've had in such a long time. And Do you know yet, what, Thorpe? Yeah, gets... You're bloody good at this because it's literally next in my queue. Is there uh, oh, Jose oh, Mourinho before... getting sacked from Roma? So before... should we just slide that in okay. right now? Slide on. I was reading your mind again. Like, you know, do we so, need to do? Uh... <laughs> Are we doing a game prediction before we move to Jose? Oh, oh yes, quick bit of editorial on the hoof oh. from Tom Bailey. There's a professional yeah. amongst us, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, go on, go on, Tom. You can kickstart us. Uh, I think, well, considering the goal scorer from the opening day is missing, Iachifano, and their fullback, who was great, uh, Mackenzie's also missing. I'm going to say 2 0 Yeovil. Paul Thorpe? I'm going to go cheeky in with a little 2 1, 2 1 Yeovil. Rick Hyatt. Tom Bailey's nicked my prediction again, hasn't he? It's normally you, in fairness. But uh, yeah, I think it'll be 2 0. Well, I will say the flare will rise to the top on Saturday, so I will go for 3 0. 3-0 to Yeovil Town. Positive thinking. What would that Dave equal Pryor. then, Dave Pryor? If, they, if it was 3-0, what would that equal? Goals, goals, goals. Get it To get in. yourself down to Hewish Park. Myself, Dave Pryor and Rick Hyatt will be there for Free Valleys Radio from around about 5-3. to three. So, uh, Thorpe, you now have the yes. floor as you were talking about Jose Mourinho, and you're absolutely right. He's given them the best success that they've had for a while, their first European trophy. Um they're very unlucky not to get a second European trophy. Of course, they lost out to Sevilla, and um, that was a penalty shootout, wasn't it? So uh, unlucky yeah. in that one. It would have gone into the Champions League, and then who knows what revenue would have come off the back of that to help this season. They're in ninth place at the moment, but the Olympico has been full for the first time in what seems like forever, really. So 
I think he can certainly come out, Thorpey, with his head held high. And the fact that he looked so upset when he left, I don't think this is fake, is it? This this looks genuine to me. It really looked like he was building something at Roma and was genuinely gutted to be dismissed today. Well, he's got, he's got here league winners, 2022, league runners-up, and then you've got the Europa, haven't you, the Europa Trophy. And it baffles me a little bit. And it, it's because they've lost the last six, haven't they? Is it like the last six in seven games? Uh, it's something along those lines. I'm not sure if it's as many as that, but they've certainly been on a, a bad run over the last four or five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and we don't know about injuries, you know, what, what's happening. They don't have a great have... deal of money either, considering what he's had to deal with. Yeah, I know. And I think that this, this guy seriously has done a... Re- I mean, whatever you think of Josie Mourinho and his style of football, he's done a seriously amazing job. He was ready to sign a new contract as well. He was asking... You know, I said he said I'm attached to Roma. I love the club. I'm attached with the players. It's, it was it was really working for him. And yeah, they've had a bit of bad form. But again, why do people instantly go? Well, we got to sack the manager because just because we get a bad run of games after all that success, it's almost like you're not allowed to you're not allowed to lose a game. And I, I think that's a real sad one because whatever you think of Josie and the way he plays football, which it was quite a, a you know a sit back counter attack. You know, keep possession, um, not not as flowing a football as we we probably liked in his earlier days. But he was still building football clubs, and again, not giving the time to develop uh, squads. And ultimately, now after a little poor run against, again, he, he he found himself. And I think this will really hurt him. I think this this sacking will really hurt Josie big time. Um, and be interested to see him come back from this one. Rick, do you think that this sacking, this setback for Jose? Will impact where he goes next, or do you like the same reading as me and Thorpe that actually, on the basis of it, did a pretty good job at Roma? Given what he had to work with, wasn't it the longest that he's been? He's actually spent in any one spell at any club during his managerial career, or something like that. It was almost three years. Almost three. Well, there you go. That's a lifetime <laughs> in, in in Jose's world. That's a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, just not a, not a Mourinho fan for many reasons. So uh, even even, so, even though you're not a, a, a Mourinho fan, you yeah. have to admit what a fantastic job he's done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You know I mean, yeah. But having experienced it at the club I support, it is tedious, and he does owe his career and his profile to a goal being incorrectly decided as being offside, which would have knocked Porto out of the Champions League. Many we're many doing years that, are we? We're going there. 2003. We're going there. <laughs> Rick Hyatt, a bitter, bitter man. Never let go. Never forget, sir. Never forget. Rick, a question for you there. Go on, then. Current manager or Josie Mourinho? Current. Really? Yeah. I'm surprised you've said that. Been there, done that, tried it, didn't work. You know, out of the two, you still take the current manager? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm... Stunned, Paul Thorpe. I I, I, I am so stunned. I'm a little bit stunned because... You know, I've not seen anything from this manager that really, I, I think Josie Mourinho is a far superior manager. A far superior manager. And he won, he won, he won, he got you back winning again. Yeah, but I didn't and enjoy you it. You can't say, you can't say to me his football, this guy's football's more flary or exciting than Josie Mourinho's. Never go back, Thorpey. Never go I'm not back. Saying no. go, I'm not saying going back, but like at the time, you know, Josie won you stuff. This I'm sure there's won. been times in his life where Thorpe's gone back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
I've never got the opportunity. Um, no. Back to Taunton Town once, you know what I mean? But that was just because I was an old, old fogey by then. But I'm surprised at that. I thought that, you know, with his knowledge of European football, I thought that uh, you might have chosen Jose think, as the current manager. Like I said before, it's, it's a personality thing. I don't like his personality for a start. Never warmed to him at all. Wasn't a fan when he wasn't at United. He went to United and it wasn't great. I know it, it's a case of looking in the book and whatever, but I, I, just, I just think you've got to move on from that. And yeah, I wouldn't have him back. And, but you also, they sacked him like one week before a cup final. It's like, yeah. he's, he's oh, at a cup Spurs. final. Oh, it's Spurs, wasn't it? Yeah. Your, and you're sacking your manager. It's like, wow. But that's that's the nature of the man, isn't it? He's, he's a provocateur. Yeah. He, he, he winds people up the wrong way. He gets a reaction from people. And if you love it, you love it. I just don't happen to, to love it. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Just wrapping up the point on do Jose. Love, do, you see, do you love Jose Mourinho, <laughs> yeah. One, do you love Jose? And two, was his uh, time at Roma seen as a success in your eyes? The only reason I like Jose is because he's box office. And I think a lot of people share that sentiment. You know if he's going to be on your screen, something interesting is going to happen. Looking at the run of form that he's had, he's actually been even harder done by than, than Thorpe has made out. He's had two wins in his last seven so it's not even oh, right. winless. It's it's two wins in his last seven. That included a win over Napoli, the reigning champions. And his <laughs> losses include a loss away to Juventus, a Coppa Italia loss to Lazio, which has probably hurt his stock, and a loss away to AC Milan. And they drew to Atalanta, who are also a good team. So I think he's been really hard done by personally. Really hard done by him. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that he, in his first season, he took them to the first ever Europa Conference League and, and won it. And then went to the final of the Europa League the next year against the Europa League team in Sevilla, took them to penalties. And even then, it probably shouldn't have been because they took in some of the dark arts, I suppose. He is probably the best manager Roma have had in the past 15 years. And he won them their first trophy in 14 years. Mm. I think it's it's an incredibly silly decision, personally. And there aren't too many managers that are better on the market currently that would go to Roma. Well, they've um, gone with De Rossi now, haven't they? And brought one of their own back. And that's a really interesting... It's interesting. I don't think it's the right one, though. Yes, he knows the club, all that stuff. But he's won <laughs> three. He, in 17 games with Spal, he won three. And that was in the second division as well. So he's not cut out for it. He's simply a name. I'd yeah. be incredibly surprised if they did anything more than like seventh this year now. And I think it's a really bad call. I'd be really interested to see where he goes next, if he goes anywhere next. If he's going to go anywhere, I personally think it would be either Newcastle or Saudi. Well, I was just yeah. going to say, Tom, I'm sure he'll be fine when he rocks up at Newcastle by the start <laughs> of next season. Eddie Howe <laughs> goes winless through January and that's it. He's gone. As long as he keeps Tinder with him. You can go to Newcastle. <laughs> Mad dog has to stay. <laughs> Jose and Tyndall. Wow. Jeez. Mad, what Mad a lovely welcoming place that would be. Blimey. There's a detective series waiting to be written by somebody. God. They'd be fighting over the sunbeds, wouldn't they? <laughs> yeah, that's a point. <laughs> well, before we look through the FA Cup games from uh, yesterday, so Tuesday because um, we're recording this on the Wednesday and we look ahead to some of the Wednesday games even though that it will be out of date by the time that you get access to this listener we will go through it but I just want to take a cheeky peek another cheeky peek outside the transfer window which is currently ajar 
at the moment. It gives uh, Rick an opportunity to talk about the stories the, of the day as we record this. As Ajax's is big signing, world star. Contract terminated by our Etifac. And um, he might be worried about not getting picked for England in the Saudi Arabian Super League, Rick. So uh, is he going to get picked playing in the Dutch Eredivisie? Not the way the Dutch Eredivisie is this season, I wouldn't have thought so. But fair play to Jordan. He's cured homophobia. He's made the Saudi Arabian League the biggest league, most successful league in the world. So his work there was clearly done. He's going to have the same magical influence on on the country of Holland. Holland's going to be a much better place and it's going to be much richer for having Jordan Henderson there. Can I jump in with something that's probably going to make Rick Hyatt very happy? Go on. That's what we're here for. I like being happy. This is a screenshot from... That'll work Telegraph. good on a podcast. Yeah, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. I'm not just going to show everyone. Okay. Um, Henderson's U-turn is set to cost him millions. He has left Saudi without earning any of his £350,000 a week wages to date, with sources close to the player believing he may never be paid for the six months he spent at al Etifak. The reason for this is he deferred his wages so he could avoid paying tax. So not only is he a homophobe curer, he also dodges tax, but it's okay because he's going to solve drug use next in Amsterdam and uh, <laughs> all will be well. Um, it's just not gone very well for him, has it? And uh, it's a real shame to tarnish the reputation of a man who I held in very high esteem. Oh, I was just thinking, literally in the space of six months, the one person I've ever seen lift a league title in my lifetime. And it's come to this. Well, look on the, look on the that... bright side. Look on the bright It might have tarnished his reputation in your eyes, but it's merely confirmed it in mine. He is everything <laughs> I always thought he was. And Holland will now become the vape capital of the world because there will be no need for any nasty drugs. You're saying he's not taking any of his money? Yeah, he's def- he was deferring it, so he didn't pay tax. So and deferring it where? Well, I suppose deferring it means kicking it down the line, but now he's not employed, he won't get it, will he? So he's gone there for nothing? Yeah. Yeah, if he'd stayed the there whole for the thing or, or was whole a complete thing. total waste, waste of time. Of time. <laughs> yep, it's it's possibly one of the quickest destructions of reputation I think I've seen in the modern game, off the top of my head at least, unless your name is Jerry Barton. But at least, look on the yeah. bright side, he's cured homophobia and he's made the Saudi League the biggest league in the world. So it's not a complete waste of time. <laughs> see, listener, aren't you glad we took decided to take a quick peek outside the transfer window <laughs> to see what was going on? Uh... What I did want to bring up rick was a transfer that surprised me so just be interested in your thoughts on this because mm-hmm. it's hannibal being uh, agreed to le- to be loaned get my words in to severe for the rest of the season i believe there's a an option yeah. to buy at the end of that as well 15 million i think yeah um he's obviously someone who's been in and out of the team he's got more minutes recently obviously menu's come in and taken the that main space possibly you could say but with the gaps that were appearing in Manchester United's midfield, are you surprised at the timing of this? Might be better suited sticking around, or do you see this one making sense? I think he's actually quite a divisive player, really, because there's not an awful lot of product at the end of it. But he's a disruptor, and I think that United are probably looking to the fact that he, he has had opportunities, limited, albeit, but he has got on the pitch hasn't really created or produced an awful lot. And hopefully you've got Maynus come in and made that place his own. You've got Casemiro, Mount, coming back from injury. Still got Amrabat, 
and Ericsson's still there. So you'd think that they were pretty well stocked in that department. And again, it's like getting rid of old uh, PlayStation Lazy Bones over to the Farmers League in, in Dortmund. It's a case of him getting minutes and hopefully giving it... Well, it won't, actually, it won't, will it? It won't increase his transfer value because there's a, there's a buyout clause at the end of it. But I just think his, his, his chances were going to be even more limited than what they had been so far. So I say he's divisive because my, my son absolutely cannot stand him. And he's doing a little dance when the uh, when he heard he was going. So like a chip off the old block, eh, Rick? <laughs> I don't know where he gets these strong opinions from. I must have a word with his mother. <laughs> one that went through, possibly not one that's too glamorous. He was at Man United earlier this season as uh, Reguilón of Tottenham Hotspur. He's gone to Brentford for the rest of the season on a loan. Do you see this is good business, Tom, for Brentford? Yeah, I think I think so. They have both of their fullbacks out injured at the moment uh, in Aaron Hickey and Rico Henry. So I think it's a good bit of business. And the experience that Reguilón can bring, obviously spending half a season at United, um, spending time with uh, Tottenham, uh, and before that playing with Real Madrid as well, going to Brentford, sure, it's going to be a bit of a shock to him, but it's still in England. It's not miles away from probably where he lives. And minutes on the pitch, importantly. Exactly, and it's minutes on the pitch as well. I think it's a really good move for both sides. I don't remember seeing if there was a buyout linked at the end of it or not but no I think it's a really good move and eventually Rico Henry will come back and they can rotate between the pair of them Aaron Hickey will be back I think he can play both sides so he can do what he needs to but yeah I think it's a really good move away from the transfer window we will close it shut certainly from our perspective but the window of course is still cracked open for another week or so so uh, maybe we'll have to do a transfer deadline special. I don't know. I won't promise anything to you, listener. But, you know, you never know. We might have to stay up late, boys, with a, with yellow ties. Do you fancy are, we it? A, are we doing a 12-hour broadcast live? <laughs> uh, no. No, I don't fancy it. No, we're not. <laughs> no. All right, then. Well, apparently uh, it's not happening, listener. So I apologise to tease you with uh, what potentially what might have been one of the great lost pods here on three... Three Valleys Radio. Hey, um, we'll do it. Where I did want to go next was uh, Ivan Tony. He's now fully back and he's allowed back in and amongst the squad. He's now integrated back with the team at Brentford. He's allowed in the building. He can go in the canteen. You name it. He can go. He's back. Thorpe, just sort of similar question to what I said about Reguilón. Brentford are going for a situation at the moment where they need a little lift, a little injection. And this has just come at the perfect time for them, hasn't it? Oh, 100%. It's like signing a new player. It's got to be like signing a new player, that sort of uh, stature. But now he's he's got the, the pressure. He's got to hit the ground running, hasn't he? You know, he's got to come into that team and and, and uh, carry on from where he left off, really. And, um, you know, he's got an opportunity to do that. I mean, you know, I think the manager has sort of like said that, um, you know, he's been solely missed and uh, he does feel like he's re-signed him yet again. So, um only time will tell whether he's, he's obviously got to get match fitness, which will take him a few games. But I certainly think by the end of next month, he should be uh, back playing and firing on all cylinders. So we'll see how it develops. A couple of weeks ago, he he did uh, come out and say that he, he owes Brentford an awful lot for obviously sticking by him. So there's obviously a lot of speculation about whether he would move on in January. But Rick, there was a story that came out of the FLA that he has just maybe changed his stance a little bit and started saying things along the lines of one still wanting to play for a big club etc etc yeah. have the mind games begun Hyatt? 
I don't think Brentford can afford to let him go in this transfer window. I think that they could be that team that falls into the relegation battle towards the end of the season. And they've got injuries injuries, and Bueno's out and Wissert as well, I think, as well. So, Or at least he's in AFCOM, isn't he? So they can't, they can't afford not to have him. And it will stretch beyond uh, January. So I think if he is going to get a move, he'll get a move in the summer. But I think he's too important to them now. To let, for them to let him go. And like you say as well, having been out for so long, Thorpe, you know, he's guaranteed to play with the injuries as well. So maybe it is win-win for all, at least until the end of the season. And he might work his way into the squad for the Euros. Well, there's two ways of looking at this. One, he can save uh, a club that have stood by him, you know, right throughout his, his ban, you know, and they could have quite easily sacked him. I don't think they would have done because obviously the financial side of it, get, of getting rid of it on transfer. The other thing as well, if he does do well, he'll be going to the Euros. I think if he does really, really well. So his now his aim has to be flat out. And I think Brentford will benefit from this because they they, they know that he, he'll want to go to the Euros. You're going to get a, a, a striker, you know, that comes into his team that, that should be firing on all cylinders. And, you know, he should be doing his own work behind the scenes to make sure he's fit enough to try and hit the ground running. And if they give him a chance... We all know that he can he can score goals, and he's uh, he he was at the time when he he, he uh, started his ban. He was literally one of the best strikers in Britain. Well, sticking with Brentford because we're now going to go through some of the FA Cup action. And uh, on Tuesday they went down three two to Wolves and have set up a Black Country derby against West Brom. Tom, is this a competition that somebody like Wolves should be targeting? No reason why they can't go deep into this competition? Uh, honestly, at this stage, yeah. I think if you were to say that at the start of the season, it would be a bit of a risky one. But, I mean, they are 11 points clear of Everton in 17th, and they're going to lose more points. Nottingham Forest are going to lose more points. So um, I think they're going to be absolutely fine in the league. So why not go for a semi-final run, a final run? It could be, uh, it could be, and obviously that West Country, West Country, Black Country derby uh, is going to be absolutely massive for both sides. They're going to be looking forward to that. It's going to be their first one in, uh, well, two or three years at least. So it will, uh, it'll be a good one. And I think they should go for it. And I think Brentford as well, it's probably more beneficial for Brentford to be out as they've got to focus on pulling themselves out of this mess because they're winless in seven. Just having a little look as well that Birmingham City won 2-1 over Hull. So a penny for Wayne Rooney's thoughts in that one. Tony Wayne Mowbray getting a win as Birmingham manager. There was also a big win, say a big win, a good win, I should say, for Luton over Bolton. Because, Rick, that could potentially have been really tricky for them. So that was a good 2-1 win uh, for them away from home. Away the tricky trotters. Luton definitely needed a win. Well done, Luton. Continuing their, their current improved Premier League form. Bolton are doing really well as well. They are, I think, two points off the top of League One and they've got two, three games in hand. Sorry, yes, they're fourth. They've got three games in hand on Portsmouth and two points behind. So they are playing really well. A good win. Thorpe, Bristol City yes. smashing David Moyes' West Ham United. Sorry, David Moyes' West you. Ham United. <laughs> Big 1-0 well, win. Conway again. Yeah, great, great result for Bristol City, the Robins. He's, he's making a name for himself, isn't he? And uh, yeah, I, I watched parts of this uh, game and I actually thought they came across really well. I mean, I heard boys say that they controlled the game and it was unfortunate that they gave away such a bad goal and, and, and couldn't put their chance away. I, I didn't really see it that way. I, I thought that Bristol City showed good form during the game and 
I thought that you know once they that they that they kept on battling, I think they were good for their one 0 win. It's one you know it's one of my old teams. You always keep an eye out for them, even, even though I didn't get to the dizzy heights there. But it's um it's a fantastic football club and and a, and a big football club as well. And you know it's uh it's not only nice to see them do well, but also that you know Newport getting a, a win at Eastleigh. One of my, you know, uh, old teams as well, and you know they've now got the the, the big tie, haven't they? But um, Bristol City, yeah, I, I'd love to see them um, get back to the, the the Premiership. I was there as a schoolboy when they got back to the First Division, and it was an amazing time for the football club. And you know that they, that I think the city of Bristol does need a Premiership football club. You just touched on it there, Thorpe, but Newport did win that game over Eastleigh to set up a big game against Manchester United. Um, Rick, I'll throw it to you because the game between Eastleigh and Newport, it was very reminiscent of when Yeovil Town played Accrington Stanley when you knew that the reward for winning that game was obviously a big glamour tie. So there were shades of that here. And as Thorpe's reference, Newport County await. They do. Freddie McTombley was there doing the main comms. I sort of turned up uh, pre-season when Newport came. And I don't think United will have too much to to worry about really they were particularly unimpressive that day it was tempting fate in it oh that's gonna end badly but <laughs> yeah two nil united written all over it yeah it should just be a, a job done get in get out and move on they've had quite saying. a few games against premier league teams recently haven't they i was looking back they've played yeah. leicester when they're in the prem manchester mm. city spurs yeah. like they've they've had a few glamour ties and this is just another one in a long list and hopefully another defeat. <laughs> well, that was all from Tuesday's fixtures. We'll only just sort of go through the uh, fixtures as they play out tonight as we record this, because there's no point doing a prediction because it's going to be out of date as soon as the pod goes up. But you've got Blackpool Forest following a 2-2 draw. A Desmond, as it was, at the City Grand. Bristol Rovers and Norwich is an interesting one because the winner does go to Anfield. So all eyes on Bristol Rovers this evening. And Everton play Bristol Palace in a repeat and what was probably the most boring fixture of the FA Cup third round so far with um, the winner playing Luton Town. So uh, I guess the eye-opening one for that group, um, Thorpe, is the fact that Bristol Rovers have something to fight for if they win this one and get themselves to Anfield. Yeah, was the last time? Was the last time they went to Anfield? Was that when Mr. Pounder was playing, or was have they been there since then? Because I remember them them going and doing an amazing job up there. It's um, it's again Bristol Rovers. It's it's all depends which Bristol Rovers turn up in there. If they if they really turn up, Norwich are going to have a real tough game, you know. But if they don't, then then it, they'll they'll just fade fade away into this one again. Like you say, massive tie awaits them, and uh, it's going to be an interesting game. Very interesting game. For me, the Blackpool game is the exciting one because I think, uh, if I'm right in saying, our Stato, Mr Tom Bailey, will let me know. But I think Nottingham Forest have got six, seven players on international duty or injured as well. Uh, so that's like going to be interesting to see, see what type of side they put out. But as I say, by the time that you're listening to this listener, I'm sure Norwich would have comfortably won by four goals to one. You had to do it. You can't just let it go. They don't have to do this, David. (laughs) Yes, you can clip that up. Right then, boys, it's time for you all to get your thinking caps on because it's prediction time. And we've got the second half of the split in the Premier League. Of course, it's the winter break so those that played last weekend won't play this time around so no friday night fixture 
Uh, there is in the championship, Sunderland Hull. So we will move straight on to 12.30, where it's Arsenal, Crystal Palace. Tom Bailey, we'll start with you. London Derby, how do you see it? I hoping you weren't going to start with me. Mm. Oh, I think Arsenal should have enough. Jesus is out and uh, Zinchenko are also Need out. Need to start scoring some goals, don't they? They do, yes. They've uh, they've been a bit goal shy recently. I just don't think Palace have got enough to trouble them. I think that's the only reason Arsenal will win, unless, of course, they've turned the corner with the breaks or given them some refreshments. So I'm gonna just say two one Arsenal. I just don't I don't have too much to think about it at the moment because Arsenal have just been very eh and Palace I never have really thought that highly of them. So two one Arsenal. Thorpe, I'm gonna throw it to you next because I think you slightly disagree with Tom because you actually think that there's a bit of a decent side in Crystal Palace. I think you've mentioned that before on this pod. Yeah. Do you see this one being a close contest? Yeah, I do. I actually think this will be a draw. I think uh, I, I listen. I, I do like Crystal Palace. I, I you know, I, just, I like some of their attacking flair. Again, it all depends on which one turns up. The Crystal Palace that are really attacking, or whether they just sit in and try and counter attack. I don't think that's the way that they should play. Um, I don't think they're as good as it, when they just go for it. And they got some interesting players that I don't think are going to be at Crystal Palace next year. So I actually think this will be a one-all draw. I think the woes for Arsenal are not over yet. and uh, I thought you were going to treat enough... me to a Desmond then, Thorpey. No, 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 no. There's enough flair in this Crystal Palace side to, to make an upset there as well. Like, so, But we're going to go for a 1-1 draw. Rick Hyatt. I like your style, Thorpey. I like what you're saying. And I like the way you say it. <laughs> Does anyone know if, if Arteta's escaped from Salt Bay's kingdom? Yeah, you see the pictures on social media being fed by Salt Bay. Oh, I've not seen this. I've, it's the happiest I've ever seen him look. <laughs> What's the, what is it? Uh, he's getting fed a uh, steak on the end of a thermometer or something. Really? It's the most bizarre. And he looks so pleased and so happy to be <laughs> there. But uh, yeah, he's going to be back at the Emirates on Saturday. And I, oh, I hope Thorpey's right. I really hope he's right. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie my flag to that particular mast. And I'm going to say, Samantha Thorpe, I believe in you. I believe in your knowledge. And it will be a one-all draw. And Arteta will jump up and down like a little clown. Well, we're, we're, I shall let her know that you're, uh, you're, you're very pleased with uh, her prediction. I'm a big fan of her work. <laughs> I will round that off and uh, throw in that I think Arsenal will come good in this game because they have to. So uh, just by that reason alone, I'm going to... Go for a 3-1 Arsenal win Ooh. and hopefully that trip out to Salt Bay, wow. they'll have all the right ingredients to win this game, Rick Hyatt. You having that one? Dave Hilda Pryor, ladies and gentlemen. He's here all week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a few internet issues this evening and I don't know if you're just cringing at my jokes or whether you're just not hearing them. <laughs> no, we're cringing, Dave. We can hear them all. They're all coming through, don't worry. We can hear them um, fine. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't hear them. Yeah. <laughs> Next up then, Brentford again. They've uh, been the topic of conversation a lot on this pod tonight. Thorpe, I'll start with you this time. At home to Nottingham Forest. How do you see this one going? Potentially with Tony back in the team. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, is it? Does he bring him on sub or, or get, you know, try and work him into the game? Or is he... has there been some, like, uh, some quiet games behind the scenes where they're trying to get his match fitness up so he goes straight into the lineup. Oh, again, I, I like the way Forrest play. 
you know, and they, they excite me when I, I, they're really interested to watch. And, um, you know, Brentford have just been off it a little bit, so they need Tony back. But for me, again, I think this could be a little, little a bit of a cheeky away win. Or again, a, a one, I'm, no, I'm going to stick my neck out. I'm going to go Forest 2-1. I just really enjoy watching them play. And I think that they, you know, I, I think they're, um, that they'll win this one by, by the single goal. So I'll just throw in my prediction then for that one. So Brentford Forest, there's something screaming at me. You know what it's screaming? Rick, what's it screaming? Desmond. I think it is screaming Desmond. There's your Desmond offering for this weekend. Brentford 2, Forest 2. Tony to come back, possibly off the bench. I'd be surprised if he started. And um, that will be the headline for Saturday evening. So going then on to Sunday. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did I cover everyone? I didn't cover everyone. There's more than you and Thorpe here. We're allowed to go. We get it. You two touch each other under the towels. It doesn't mean you can forget about us. (laughs) Good Lord, there's other people in the room, David. I'm sorry. Who would like to go first? Yeah, who'd like to go third after these two have had their say? (laughs) Go on, Tom Bailey. Go on. Go on, Tom. What do you think? Uh, Des. Oh, uh, I think Tony. I think Tony could score, and Forest. Do you think he'll start? I think he has to. They don't really have a choice because Mbwemo's injured and Visser's on international duty, so I really don't think they have much choice. So, yeah, I think he'll start. I think he'll score, and I think it'll be a one-all because Forest still haven't convinced me just yet, and they've got a lot of players out, as uh, Thorpey said, six players I can add. Rick Hyatt? Oh, coming to me. I, I think this could be called, actually, it's the on the periphery of the relegation zone six-pointer. Mm. Does that make Rolls sense? Off the tongue. That makes sense. And I, th- I think Nottingham Forest producing and creating opportunities. Brentford struggling a little bit. So it's, it's screaming 1-0 Brentford. Reggie on with a clean sheet on debut. Yeah. He's, he's learnt at the feet of Aaron Wambasaka. He knows what to do. And yeah, I think... Of course. To, Ivan, Ivan Tony to score the winner in the 87th minute. Ooh. To a hero's return and rapturous applause all round. And hurrah for Brentford. Any objection before we turn the page to Sunday, gentlemen? I don't know. It's up to you and Thorpey, isn't it? Whatever you two want to do. <laughs> Me and Tom will just, we'll just, we'll just plod on. We'll, we'll accept. It. Just fit in. Yeah, yes. We know you where we're sitting Thorpey? in the pecking we'll order. Yeah, go to Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, bloody Sunday, as you two once said. <laughs> Are you all right there, Tom? You're not feeling left out? I, you know. Uh, I am very sorry, listener. I'm having connectivity issues. Is the is the message I keep getting on my screen, and it's just completely thrown me off course. You've not got commitment so... issues, have you? You're very committed to Thorpey. We go way it's back, under... don't we, honey? It's understandable. Dave and Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Sheffield United, West Ham United. Well, is that going to be a stinky game to kick off Sunday, Rick? Because West Ham, obviously, they potentially have a. Point to prove, have been crushed out of the cup in midweek. And Sheffield United, we know all about the problems they've had so far this season. So how do you see that one going? 3-0 West Ham. You think they'll pick up? Yeah, they do. They have this habit of... My brother's a West Ham supporter and he is one of those ungrateful 
people that don't like Jose Mourinho style, you've never had it so good type managers. He's got a real bee in his bonnet about a European conquering hero, David Moyes. And <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a completely ungrateful little so-and-so, my brother. So the longer that Moisey keeps doing enough in the league to keep him climbing up it, the happier I am because obviously his misery is a source of great amusement for me. So yeah, three nil to the, to the, to the crafty Cockneys. Tom Bailey, sweet, sweet little Tom Bailey, who I love so much. So dear to have and to hold, etc., etc. What do you want? What would you, what do you think is going to happen? Cause I think you did nod your head when I said, is this one going to be stinky? So are you going for a goalless draw here? Uh, not goalless draw. I do think it'd be really stinky, though. 1-0 West Ham. It's just so... Uh, I just don't... No. No, not for me. Uh, Kudus is out through uh, AFCON, and Antonio is also out. So I don't actually know who that... I suppose it'd be Bowen up front, but they've also got Pakita out injured as well. Um, so there won't be goals, 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 goals. But West Ham will just have enough. They've got that David Moyeth aura about them. Pakita is actually out selected in Rick's fantasy team so that's why he's out. Did you put him in this week as well? Shut his face. Move on. This move on. Move on. <laughs> Paul Thorpe is he, are you uh, sticking with the West Ham bandwagon here and going for well, a I, I, Paul House? Absolu- I absolutely uh, I, I hope Rick's brother really chokes on, on, on another win because uh, you know what, what, what? it's so hard to, to win Yeah Rick's brother yeah, you choke on yeah, Rick's win. brother. What are you thinking? I mean, you are so you know selfish that you want Mister Moyeth out. I mean, listen, it's so hard to win a game, and and they got to the dizzy heights of sixth. They're on about this on, on another program on the radio today, and and they're just sort of saying, and all these these fans are coming on and saying, well, it's the style of football he plays. It's so bloody difficult to win a Premier League game, and he's got them to sixth. And this is coming from the manager that used to manage Froome Town. Isn't that right, Paul Thorpe? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's ridiculous why they would want him out. He's running a really successful football club. It's a really great football club as well. And they should be really enjoying uh, this uh, era of of success because I tell tell you now, if they they uh, get rid of Moyeth and bring somebody else in, a more desirable person, whoever they desire, you know, they desire at the time, and then they start losing. What they're going to be thinking then? Just enjoy the time yeah, when maybe you're in someone... sixth, sixth place. So I'm going to go someone like Iriola, someone like that, Tom. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go for a two-nil West Ham. Mick, you've managed to unite everybody against your childish David Meyer <laughs> hating. Stop it! Stop it right now. Well, I'll complete that and say that uh, both teams will score, and it will be a two-one away win to the hammers so uh, who knows you might see a rare appearance from Danny Ings who might get a goal or two because I think if he's going to score against anyone this season probably be Sheffield United so uh, that kickstarts your offering on Sunday and to wrap it up it's a game that I know Tom Bailey has not been looking forward to he's referenced a few times and talking of Iriola Liverpool come to town in Bournemouth Tom Bailey kick us off for that one 4.30 on Sunday Bournemouth 3, Liverpool 2. Discuss. I know it's nonsensical. We always struggle away to Bournemouth. We have no Trent. We have no Salah. So our full-backs are 
Joe Gomez and Connor Bradley against pace like Cliver and um, oh god, I've forgotten who their other one is. Oh, um, oh, Semenya's on international duty, so it would be as, uh, Sinistera. I, is he around? He's probably yes, yeah, he is. So it'd probably be him. We just always we never have an easy game against Bournemouth, regardless of manager, be it how, be it well, unless it's away to Bournemouth. I should add. We even made hard work of it in the EFL Cup earlier. Uh, well, late last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a Bournemouth win because again, since I said they were going to get, since he was going to get the sack, they've only lost the way to Spurs. So I think it's going to be a pretty dour evening for myself. Really good game for the neutral, but um, with no Salah, I just don't know if we're going to really be the same. Thankfully, it's only for a couple of games and no Endo, who's quietly been one of our most important players as well i guess i'll come to rick next because i'm imagining that prediction will probably be somewhere similar would i be right in thinking that rick do you know the moments that tom bailey talks sense are really enjoyable on this pod this is actually the tom bailey derby isn't it this is what this should be known as it is the tom bailey the, the two teams he's most invested in i don't like bournemouth in the premier League. you do you love them i like them when they're little Bournemouth now they're just oh it's Bournemouth I don't care go back down it's like Norwich fun the first time <laughs> don't care the second time please don't let me have a third 2-1 Bournemouth Solanke with both oh. how sweet would that be oh just to see your three little faces after that happens hey in my defence I've said we're going to lose so there expect- two little faces sweet like cherries eh Rick oh, <laughs> do you know what that, that's, that, that's what the people want <laughs> Rick Hyatt, bring me sun. Uh, Rick Hyatt, not Rick Hyatt. Paul Thorpe, bring me sunshine. Do it again. <laughs> oh, I was up, actually up at the semi-final against uh, Fulham, and I got to say, Connor Bradley and Joe Gomez were outstanding on both flanks. You know, the, the, this Connor Connor Bradley, if he when he gets the confidence and of his own pace and ability, he's going to be flying past people and getting some decent crosses in. I was highly impressed with the way he played, and I hope he does get a, a run out as well. And you've got Canate and, and, and Virgil van Dijk in the middle. It probably might even pop in. Uh, is Endo available? Do we know? Not available? He's, he's available. End yeah. no. End no. You know, <laughs> so, but even even though they've got enough depth in the squad to be able to win this game, and I think they will do. I, I know they find it difficult down there. I'm, I'm not denying that. So uh, I will go for a cheeky 2-1 win with Solanke possibly getting one against his old team because the guy's in great form but I think we will find a way of getting this one over the line and I'm going to go for a 2-1 win for Liverpool. Both penalties Thorpey? Uh, let's hope so, just to please you. There's no Salah <laughs> there won't be penalties. <laughs> I think you're all kind of justified in how you think the game might possibly go I mean, oh, Thorpey you're obviously there for that Fulham game but it certainly seemed to me while I was watching on the telly that Liverpool did a lot of huffing and puffing without really getting anywhere until they obviously had the help with that deflected goal. And then it sort of suddenly sort of opened up again. And I just wonder if the game might sort of be quite similar. Where, yeah. You know, Bournemouth have got similar levels to players to Fulham, possibly better, you could say, certainly in current form. And I think they might be good for a goal. But I hope that Liverpool just have more than enough to be able to nick a 2-1. I don't think it would necessarily be pretty. Just hope that we can do enough. I mean, someone like Darwin, we didn't really touch on it at all, P, last week, but we know he brings the chaos. We know all of this sort of stuff. You never know what 
he's going to bring in terms of front of goal. How do you see him and his development? Do you see him as someone who's going to absolutely bring the business or is it someone that's going to go more Timo Werner-like, if you will, and it will just yeah. never actually happen? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I, I, I think he's got to start producing. His assists are up there, it, it, must be said. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like his brain knows what he wants to do, but it's not quite happening down below. You know, you've got the you've got the man. We've all been upstairs. there. Yeah, you've got the management upstairs all saying that this is going really well, but it, it's it's you know it, we're down in you know in, in the uh, the basement and it's not quite getting up to the ground floor. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so listen, he gets in great positions. He just can't seem to to hit the target enough times for for my liking. And um, but like you say, I mean the fans absolutely love it. I love him up there, and um, and he does bring excitement to the game. I just think that he needs to be more consistent in his um in his scoring. He could easily have had another ten goals this season already and he and he really hasn't. He's got some great opportunities and he just needs that composure. I, I mean I wish somebody like Thierry Henry would be, be brought in and show him how to like be calm in situations and finish finish goals off because he was an absolute masterclass at it in uh, at finishing and um I do think they'll get over the line but yeah I see what you're saying, but again, against um, Fulham, it was it was huff and puff first half. Bit of possession, but not looking good without the ball. They have to be uh, a lot better when you know when they haven't got the ball. And but then second half, you know, they had a little chat with the manager half time and came out and were a different kettle of fish all together. And um, it was fabulous for us because me and mum because they scored at our end second half. So you know we could have a little cheer along and um, you know and, and I think yeah a little bit of a deflection. To, to get you over the line, but listen, you get that all the time with strikers, and if you don't buy that raffle ticket, you don't score goals. So as far as obviously, it's a great goal. One more game, then, gentlemen, and it's an offering of Monday night football between Brighton Hove Albion and Wolves. Tom Bailey, uh, I think. Well, I don't even know if you could call this an upset. Wolves have been really good, and they've thoroughly surprised me, pleasantly surprised me. Uh, with Brighton have still yet uh, they had they sort of set the world on fire when they started and then uh kind of fell off a little bit they've had a bit of a tricky run they're slowly getting themselves back into it but they've still got a fair few important injuries adingra and matoma are away on international duty they're still missing solly march um julio and ciso isn't too far away i think wolves are gonna snag a one nil win here i think gary o'neill's got it going and i'm just gonna throw a, i only thought about this as you were talking with Gareth Southgate likely going in the summer, Gary O'Neill for England, thoughts? <laughs> One Gareth to another. <laughs> uh... One nil Wolves. Does anyone want to take that question before they uh, go on to their prediction, Rick Hyatt? That's not going to happen. So, not going to no, happen. It's not going to happen. It's Should not it happen? Uh, possibly, on a, on a bill, if you'd hope that they'd want to go down the Englishman route just because it should be an Englishman in charge of his national team. And... And that's not a Jerry Bartney jingoistic sort of thing. I just think it. I He's think come it, up too much, too too much for my liking on this week's podcast. <laughs> He's the voice of Britain at the moment, so uh, I just don't think he's high enough profile. I think that they want they want a name, and not a safe pair of hands, which potentially he could be. So no, I don't think that'll happen. If, I don't, they could do worse, and inevitably they probably will do worse. But no, I think they'll go. Go for. I, th- I think Eddie Howe might get it because that would mean Tyndall in Europe, Tyndall at the World Cup. 
Can you imagine that? Oh, that World Cup winning photo would be incredible. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's <laughs> in it. It'll just, it'll just whoever's in it, Tinder will get them in there. So in my mind, even though he well, obviously wasn't there, he just was there with that picture in Baden Baden in two thousand and six with all the wags. Like I picture just him being oh, there. <laughs> all the wags with Tyndall. That's a holiday you want to be on, isn't it? Eh? But moving back to the football, <laughs> Dave Hilda Pryor, what are Brighton and Hove Albion? They are the hipsters' choice. Thank you. And I fear that they are going to be losing by one goal to two to the Wolverhampton Wanderer Tangerine men. Nice. Smooth. Something like that. (laughs) Those words. Only the finest quality here on Football Bloody Hell. Yes. Next week we have people that can talk and string a sentence together. That'll make a nice (laughs) change. Adrian will be back. (laughs) 2-1. Please, final thought from you then. Gary Neal's got... um firing and uh, they're just a really hard-working Wolves side and I think that that will, you know, again, Brighton have been a little bit up and down uh, and I, I do real, I really just get a feeling like the other lads that um, Wolves will probably win this one and um, I might support them in this 1-0 victory. Thorpe? Yes? With your contacts within the game? Oh yeah. <laughs> get my you... millions of contacts. Yeah, all your contacts. Do you have any inkling as to what Unai Emery thinks the score will be? <laughs> He thinks he may be a very, very good game, very, very good game, and probably be a one that to the, uh, yes, uh, to the to the Wolves, but uh, very, very good game, and uh, my my uh, translator is uh, is doing very well. <laughs> Thank you, Unai. My pleasure. Sorry. <laughs> the few things to take from there: one, Unai Emery is back, and two, all of his contacts with Steve Rutter and Tony Pounder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All of my contacts. Bloody hell fire. So you've uh, all gone for Wolves wins there, have you? So, mm, um, I'm going to have to say Brighton, aren't I? <laughs> uh, Jao Pedro, he seems to be really good for a penalty. You mentioned about Salah, but Jao Pedro penalties seem to be the uh, the flavour down at the, the hipsters, as you rightly say, Rick. So I will say 2-1 the other way to the home side, Ooh. to the Seagulls. The Seagulls... Seagulls. We'll put the seagulls amongst the wolves or something of that nature. Never ever laugh at one of my sentences again, Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you'll just cut out the laughing and then it'll look like it never happened. Just insert some tumbleweed. Crack on. Gentlemen, there's nothing to crack on to. We're done. That is it for another midweek episode. A little bit slapdash on my part because I've been getting messages of connectivity issues all evening. So apologies if I've yeah just been damn right messy this week but uh what's new a eh, listener what's new paul thorpe thank you very much for joining us absolute pleasure as always rick hyatt been a pleasure as always it's been an absolute delight thank you gentlemen for warming my cockles <laughs> tom bailey did we warm your cockles i don't i don't like this <laughs> thanks for having me everyone it's a simple question tom <laughs> did we warm them or not consider my cockles warmed and we hope we've warmed your cockles as well, listener, because you have been listening to... Football, by the hell. <laughs>